Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartim, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at seu.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, welcome in, everyone. This is Lynn Vartan. You're listening to the Apex Hour, KSU Youth under 91.1. It is homecoming week here on campus. And in our great tradition of homecoming, we celebrate outstanding alumni. Oh, dear. Here we go. (laughs) And you are certainly outstanding. So I'd like to welcome into the studio our outstanding alumnus for 2021, Daryl Eves. Welcome in. It's a pleasure to be here, actually. Oh my gosh. When was the last time you were on campus? Oh, I, I did a presentation uh, probably eight months ago. Oh, okay. So, so I, I was able to come back recently. Before that, it was been like <laughs> 10 years, maybe longer. Well, so. it's increasingly shorter. Pretty soon we're yeah. going to have you teaching here. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. Well, let's tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and what you're excited about right now. Yeah. So I'm first off a husband and father of five, you know, families, everything for me. Um, and I get to, to play. I, I, I love my job. Um, I do a variety of different things. I uh, work with some of the biggest YouTubers on the planet yeah. and work with some of the biggest brands. But I usually do audience development work with online video. Um, and so I, I do a lot of that, a lot of great consulting there, working with Mr. Beast and other creators like that. If, if hopefully people know who the, who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, And then uh, this next week, I have uh, a conference we put on for the biggest influencers called VidSummit. That actually happens next week in L.A. It, Vid Summit is super famous oh, and super well known. Yeah. Tell us more about it because I know that people have been talking about it on campus and <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the guy who does Vid Summit and yeah. it makes such a huge difference in the community. Tell us a little more about well, that. I'm I'm obsessed with learning and I do believe that um, you know, finding a way to learn the fastest way is the best way, right? Yeah. And so um and I found that a lot of the people that that don't necessarily have a platform to teach, um, there's events and conferences and guest lectures that you can go to and, and grab that little bit of information because they're not there teaching 100% of the time. And so um, I, based off of what I do on YouTube, I spoke at a lot of different conferences and I had um, you know a lot of great case study. And I found that, hey, this is a really great place to learn, but I never found a place for me because uh-huh. I, like, I wanted to learn in a certain way. And I, I like really love case study and like, hey, pushing the limits and so on. And I'm one not to complain. I just say, okay, if there's not one out there, I'm going to start it. So eight years ago, I actually started a conference and I invited everyone that I wanted to learn from, had them go on stage, and it was my personal uh, learning session. No, that's, <laughs> and that's amazing. That's how it, how it start, all started. And even to this day, like I, I hand select every speaker. And um, it's just like, what do they want to teach me? Because I'm, I'm there to learn. And it doesn't matter if they're just barely starting out on YouTube. I think that there's someone has something to tell or there's a way that they're impacting the world. And, you know, why not, why not uh, give them a stage so that they can actually educate the world? So anybody who wants to be a part of this community of learning about how to do YouTube better and maximize their presence can come to VidSummit. Yeah, just go to VidSummit.com. And there's a virtual pass, you know, that we have there. But there's a lot of stuff that we put online for free, yeah. you know. But yeah. And is it always held in the same place? Um, it has been. I, I Okay, so I'm really weird. Um, but I, I hold it in LA. Oh. And um, there's a lot going on in LA, as you're well aware of. But I hold it at LAX. So it's like really at a hotel at, at the airport. Now, the reason why... If you want to leave the airport and go do something, it's 45 minutes. Yes. And then it's another 45 minutes back. And yes. So it actually keeps people trapped <laughs> in the location. So like for me, it's about networking too. And so when people know there's no other places to go, they're not going to slip out for an hour or two, yeah. right? And they're yeah. going to stay there the whole time. And so it's it's actually become a pretty amazing uh, culture of, of creators helping other creators, you know, the people that have have learned and grow um, and are really um, 
making waves in the industry are able to uh, teach the new, um, you know, people coming up. And it's just, it's beautiful to watch. That's what I've heard about it is that the sense of community is something quite special about this conference. And it seems like it was, I don't know if it was an intentional about the community because originally you started it for you to learn. But 100%. Yes. (laughs) Come on now. Like if I'm, if I'm an audience development expert, of course, like I'm very, um, very sensitive about culture. Yeah. Um, and I think every organization, every business, every brand needs to have its own sense of culture. And the thing for me is I want to just surround people. Uh, I want to be surrounded by people like me, people yeah. that see YouTube as an opportunity, see it as a business, right? Uh, but also want to push the envelope. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to go you know, with the, with the influencers that are doing things that would like pull down the world, but mm-hmm. just uplift the world. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, what, what I love is um, three years ago, um, I brought a YouTuber in and no one knew who he was. And it was a YouTuber I started to work with. And, um, you know, he's doing some great videos. And since that time, um, you know, he came back in t- 2019 and he gained 22 million subscribers in just a short year. Yeah. You know, and now he's close to seven. I, he's over 70 million. And wow. he is going to be the biggest YouTuber of all time. And that's Mr. Beast. And yeah. Uh, he loved it because he's like, I wish this was a part of, um, my learning earlier on. Cause it's like all the questions and problems in the culture, you know, it's all right here. And it's a place where people see this opportunity with online video. Well, let me ask you a follow-up question. You mentioned the word culture and we've talked about audience. Are they synonymous? Are culture I, and audience the same? I, I, I do believe um, they're different. And let me kind of explain yeah, why. Yeah, please. Uh, because the the essence of culture is kind of the tonality that will attract an audience. So uh. I do believe it's different things. And so you're kind of setting the tone of how that is. And and I, I've seen it in every scenario. Like if you uh, create a toxic tone, guess what it attracts? Yeah. Toxic people. Right. And we don't need any more negative Nellies or toxic Ted's in the no, world. We don't. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't. Yeah. And so the only way to do that is like really be set on what you're looking to do. And so for, for me, it's always clearly identifying what you are, but more importantly, what you're not. And then that's your culture that you're creating. And then that will attract the people that you want to be surrounded by. And, I love that. Um, and, and there's been a, a just give you an example um, like I really don't really appreciate people that, um, don't see value. So mm-hmm. I actually had someone on the stage at vid summit. Um, this is back in 2019. Um, literally one of the smartest guys in the world. Like he is like rain man when it comes to YouTube. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he's amazing. He can run circles around me and he never really presented and in, in uh, on stage before, uh, he speaks two other languages. English is, is not his first language. And he's presented and somebody's like, man, you know, why don't you like pump us up? You know, why don't you go to Toastmasters, whatever? And I says, you're out of here. You're gone. I kicked him out of the the conference because I go, if you can't see the value that he's giving and yeah, it might not resonate like a Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's value Mm -hmm. and you're missing what the vid summit's about. And I literally kicked him out. I gave him their money back. I says, fine. I don't even want to be surrounded with people like you and standing ovation. Everybody in the audience was like, like cheering that that happened because we don't want negative people there because this is an opportunity of collaboration. Absolutely. Not to rip people down. Yeah. So value then almost comes before culture because you need to identify your value and your values and then culture and then audience. Is that kind of the pipeline? Yeah. It, 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 it starts the process. I think it's more about um, when when you break it down to the value and the value proposition, it starts with who you are and what you're not. And then it's really identifying things that make you unique. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, there, yeah, just because you have certain values doesn't really create that attraction. Right. What what makes you unique is the, the value proposition that you're giving. And so that comes with passion, you know, direction, vision, you know, things that are really pushing the envelope. Like for me, um, like I don't necessarily agree with him as a, as a, uh, human being in, in a lot of aspects of his personal life, but Elon Musk is very inspirational in the yeah. sense that he is so hell bent on going to, to Mars. Right. 
and he's doing everything. Everything is 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 in a perfect pattern of uh, achieving his goal of getting uh, to Mars mm-hmm. and and really colonizing Mars. And that's great for me. That's that's awesome, and that's something that people can get behind. Like for me, I told my wife, I go as soon as it makes it available, I'm saving up. Yeah, I'm going to die on Mars. Yeah. Like that's my that's my goal now. Is <laughs> like I literally want to die on Mars. That's now. awesome. But but I think that's the whole thing is you have to have vision. You have to have um, the direction. Uh, that comes from that culture, yeah. but the culture is you're never going to compromise. Like if that's part of the things that you're not going to do is you're going to do, Hey, I'll never do this. I'll always do that. Yeah. And that's what I love. Uh, you look at Tesla is the perfect example. They never advertise and they said they never advertise, mm-hmm. but yet they advertise through the most powerful way, which is through community. Yeah. And they have uh, basically a cult following of people that will buy anything that they do. That's right. Well, that's very helpful. I mean, the value proposition as as you say, and, and I think, we focus a lot about people here, find what makes you unique, tell your unique story, but also paying attention to what you're not and what you won't do or won't ever do. I think it's an important component that people don't focus on enough. Yeah. And I think that's the more important yeah. um, aspect because that's where your ethics come in <laughs> and your morality yeah. is knowing what you will not compromise on. Right. And, and I think the world needs a little bit more of that, yeah. <laughs> especially now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think there's a fine line. And so I think that's the more important thing about culture is like where you're not going to be compromised and where you're going to actually stand firm. And when you do stand firm, you can do it as a, as a community. Yeah. I love that. Well, I want, I have so much more to ask you. Um, and we definitely want to make sure to mention that for those who want to read more and want to find more, um, there's a great book, which we had for sale today and it's called the YouTube formula. Yeah. Can you just, we'll, we'll come back after the break and talk more, but yeah, just give good. the two minute, the two sentence synopsis of it. Yeah. If you want to make money. YouTube's the place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, I have a song for you. So I always like to do a little bit of research. And I uh, found through my research uh, that you are a big Star Wars fan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I noticed Chewie behind here. I was like, well, oh, wow. I didn't do that part. The Chewie, <laughs> Chewie pop-up very, doll is not was, mine. But That well, was well, actually <laughs> perfect for me. That's perfect. But I did find some music. And, of course, everybody loves the Cantina song. But um, I, I teach music here. And so the Vitamins. <laughs> string quartet which is a, a fairly well-known string quartet has an arrangement of the cantina band song so we're we've got that for you as our first musical number so we'll check that out um you're listening to ksuu thunder 91.1 Thank you. 
right. Well, welcome back, everyone. So that was the Vitamins String Quartet playing the Cantina Band song. And we just noticed that even when we were playing it, there was a lightsaber on the computer, which is kind of fun. You're listening to the Apex Hour. This is Lynn Vartan. I'm joined in the studio by Daryl East. Welcome back. It's good to be here, and that's the longest cantina song that I've ever heard in the history of all mankind. <laughs> it's just, it leaves you, you know, just in that zone for it, a while. It had me for 30 seconds, and then I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. That's all right. Hopefully our audience, you know, kind of zend out with it a little bit. Um, okay, well, let's talk about your book a little right. bit more. How did the book come to be? I mean, have you always wanted to write a book, or...? No, I first had to learn how to, to read. I mean, that was really important. <laughs> and then writing was very important. No, um, for me, um, I, I'm obsessed with learning. Mm-hmm. And I consume, like, I'll, I'll go through anywhere between 60 to 70 books a year. And um, I've received a lot of value in those books. And it's helped me become a better person and see life differently and, and actually understand uh, people differently, too. And, and so... I, I thought a good way to actually contribute to um, that community is to to give. Because like if I always take, if I'm always just reading and never giving back, then you know I'm a net negative person instead of a net positive. And so it was really important to me to write something that I was passionate on, which is YouTube, which was great. Uh, but do it in a way that it wasn't just like a an owner's manual or or something that's like oh here's here's all the hacks or whatever. I wanted to do it in a way that it could be inspirational and see people's journey of when they discovered YouTube and the the massive business it could be. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you have plans for another book? I do. Yeah, there's one book I've always wanted to write, and and so we're in the the planning stages of that. But uh, there's a chapter in the book that I, I go into audience development, mm-hmm. and um, I'm very well known in the audience development realm, and I wanted to go so in, in depth, and I was just going through over and over and over again, and the publisher's like, you can't put that many pages in a chapter. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, we'll hold it for a book. But I, I really wanted to speak into that, because I do believe if you, you're passionate about something you know, developing an audience, um, there's some things that I can teach that will help you really know how to navigate that and and to make things happen. Cool. You know, you mentioned passion, and I know that was a part of your talk this morning. I, I'd love to talk about passion and curiosity. Uh, and it's kind of the same question about culture versus audience. Do you feel, what is the relationship between passion and curiosity? I, I think curiosity is, um, I do believe it's born in every human that's ever existed. That was going to be my question. Yeah. yeah. I, I do believe that curiosity is just one of those natural things that, that we're born with. And, and I think what we do with it, it either numbs it where we're not curious anymore. Um, and, and I like, and this will get a little preachy, but this is okay. Cause this is a radio podcast. Yeah, right? But I, I think for me, it's, it's how people nurture uh, their children and then also how educators nurture the students. And so there's different approaches um, and and seeing opportunity, how to leverage them. So like if I had every influence to start my own school, um, I would probably figure out what people were interested in and then base curriculum around them and not, not have them to take classes that they don't see how it all intervenes. And so hands-on work uh, would be very, very interesting. And I think there's something sacred about the journeyman, um, you know, working with someone uh, you know, with a master and, and, and learning on the job is, is so great. And so I think you can blend the worlds together, but I do believe it's more about, um, being curious with something and then applying principles of education of why things happen. Yeah. I want to go a little deeper with that. Um, so when you talk about, uh, you know, building curiosity and, and then the journeyman concept, especially for somebody who's so immersed in, immersed in the digital world, how does that all find its way? Because one of the things we talk about on campus a lot is about leveraging online learning, right. um, which m- maybe at first glance doesn't seem like the journeyman apprenticeship relationship works as well online, or maybe I, maybe that's not the case. What do you think? Well, I, I think um, knowledge is meant to consume in different ways. And so when I look at, at online versus traditional in-person, 
I can go at my own pace. Mm -hmm. Now that's really important because there's people that would rather just blow through everything and get it done than to wait a full semester to get the class done. Right. Right. Get the work done and you're done. Right. Right. That, that's the concept. Right. Yeah. And so that's a beautiful way for a lot of people. Now there's other people that they need to be in a routine and they need to have consistency for someone like me. No, if I can get it done in a day, I'm going to get it done in a day and then do something else. <laughs> like, like why, why, why try to, uh, to, um, um, delay that. But I think, I, I think the essence more with the journeyman concept is I think everyone needs to surround themselves by people that can teach them. And I, I do believe that you can learn something from everyone that you come in contact with. You just have to be open to receive. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to see, Oh, they have this great quality or this, this uh, amazing talent. And then it's that curiosity factor to ask more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I do believe it's like creating those opportunities. And I think that every person, um, if they don't have a mentor, I think they need to start looking for a mentor, someone that can help them out. Um, and there's people out there that that would love to give you direction, you know, mm -hmm. would love to point you in the right way. And, and mentorship actually comes through a lot of hard work and doing stuff that you don't necessarily like to do, but it gives you a sneak peek at, at um, you know, kind of a path that you might might want to go one day. Yeah, so true. I so strongly believe in that. So thank you for sharing that as well. One of the, uh, you know, a little bit more on the passion side of it. One thing that we find with students a lot, uh, a question that gets asked a lot is that, you know, I like a lot of things, but how do I know if it's really my passion? Or I don't really have an intense passion. How do you advise people that you work with on really finding that that thing, yeah. that passion. Well, I'll use a real life scenario. Um, so I have a son that uh, just got home off his mission and he has no clue what he wants to do for, for his um, work or his education. And he had some, um, I thought some poor advice to just jump into school and you'll figure things out. And I'm like, no, that's probably not the best uh, case for you. And mm -hmm. it might be for someone else, but not, right. not for you. And I says, you have an opportunity and freedom to start job shadowing. And so he actually job shadowed a few people and he was able to see a, a side of business that he never saw before just because he job shadowed. And he can do that completely until January and see a whole variety of different occupations and say, okay. And I says, when you do it, you need to ask a lot of questions because like, what is your career path? Like what, you know, what did you study in school? What wish, what do you wish you would have studied in school when you're mm -hmm. actually doing these things? What, what wasted your time? Yeah. And he's having those conversations and he's like, oh, I don't necessarily care to do that. Mm -hmm. It was cool. You know? And I think, I think that's where I think students should take a little bit more time mm -hmm. uh, to figure out what they want to do. And I think the best way to do that is to shadow for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, another student kind of related tack that I wanted to to go at and it's uh, for everyone really, but um you are so on the go, you're learning and you're curious and you're asking questions all the time and have all these projects. So the question that I have for you is about managing that, balancing that, <laughs> you know, and and it's something that we come up with all the time and with yeah. colleagues, with students and everything and so, you know, I'd love to know a little bit about, you know, how do you manage it all? How do you um, handle stress? How do you handle, I mean, we all have doubts and things and, and how does that play out for you? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, Cause like, I think if the average person saw my schedule, they would be way intimidated by it. And um, I think they would have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> uh, but, but for me, um, it started out small um, and, and taking, ambitious steps. And I think one of the things that I really do love was um, really understanding what you're good at and what you're not and and trying to push away the things that you're not good at and have people do it. And so I actually did what I call work week analytics, where I would um, write down everything I do in a day. And, and then I would take two highlighters after the end of the week, take two highlighters. And one highlighter color was everything that wasted my time. I just kind of you know, did that. And the next one was everything that I hated to do. And then I tried to find someone to do it. And it's usually it was a personal assistant or someone that was hired or an employee that would do it. Um, and, and that got me in the mindset of I'm only good at what I'm good at and I need to stay out of the things that I'm not good at. Yeah. And so, um, doing multiple projects and balancing the workload, um, I thrive on chaos a little bit mm. in the sense that, 
when there's a lot going on, that's where I believe my genius actually comes out because ah. it just pushes me to the edge where I have to, I have to make things happen. So, um, it, it's taxing at times. Uh, like I, there was a couple, a uh, couple days ago, it just hit me all at once coming from all different areas. I just had to just slow down a little bit. Yeah. You know, recharge a little bit, slept a little bit more than I normally did, yeah. you know, and then, um, it was just, it was just a conversation that ignited that passion again and, and go from there. So I, I always find, you know, it's having conversations and, yeah. and really igniting why we're doing the things that we do, yeah. um, helps in the long run. So you can, when you feel it sort of bubbling up, you kind of not unplug, but just sort of step back for a second and then wait for <laughs> things to kind of. I, no, I let it, I let it literally go over. It just, it falls over and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got to take some time off here. <laughs> okay. No, but it, it, it does. I, I can feel it bubbling up at times and I try to try to do it, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's the world that I signed up for. And, and I think it's, it's something that was meant for me and whether I'll need to slow down one time or another, I always try. I literally do, but I think I'm just wired to push the envelope. I'm just wired to take it to the next level. I just, um, here's, here's something that, uh, so I, I I do believe in mentorship and, and, and business coach. So we actually hired a business coach for one of our businesses and, and he came in and what he does is like these you know, um, persona evaluations and just say, okay, here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses and takes you through all these tests and whatever. And he went through mine. He goes, I've been doing this for 30 years, Daryl. And you and your business partner are on the complete opposite side of the spectrums of, (sighs) of genius. And, you know, he, he goes, you're, he goes, you're, you're to a, to a level I've never seen before. And I go, oh, that's weird. And, and, you know, he, he's like, yeah, you're just, you're a savant. And I go, you just call me Rain Man? Ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm a Rain Man? You know, but I, I think it was, um, he was kind of explaining. And, and I think where, where it's interesting is, um, I do believe that you can evolve and you can become better. You just need to focus in on, uh, you know, what God's given you and then, and then amplifying that. And that's what I try to do. And then for me, it's just more, uh, I think the secret of my success is surrounding my, myself, uh, with people that have the same vision or could fall in line with the, the vision that that's in front of them. And I look at everything that I've done and I can't say that I've done it by myself. Um, right. there's always a team, uh, pulling it off. Uh, but that team is synergized through vision and passion yeah. for what we're actually trying to do. Yeah. And that feeds into what you were saying about the importance of relationships, you know, Absolutely. and, and getting the people around you to be, you know, really people who are invested and can buy in and are just, uh, contributing. Everybody's contributing collaboratively. What would you say is, um, for you right now today, the best part of what you do and what's the most challenging? <laughs> it's actually the both, it's the same answer. Uh, so I actually produce a TV show. Um, and, uh, it was uh, four years ago when the idea was started and we had zero money in the bank and zero social following. And it was like, can we do this? And, um, that ended up being the most challenging project I've ever done in my life. Wow. Um, and I felt like everything that I was doing in business and in life led to that moment, uh, mm. of doing that. And, and so I've been doing that very consistently for the last four years. So I actually, my wife always laughs. She's, she's like, most people have a job. You have seven jobs, Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But it's, um, but it's, it's one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about. And in fact, everything that I'm doing, even with the book, um, it's like trying to free up more time to work on that passion project. And so. Well, great. Well, we want to hear all about it. So what we'll do is we'll take our next music break now. See, and then that's we'll... a good tease right there. You, I know. You're teasing exactly. You're, you're really good at this. <laughs> so we're going to come back and we'll get into the details about the TV show that you feel your life has led to in a way, it seems, you know, this moment. So we'll be back. Um, we have another. I have one more Star Wars. Oh, this is good. <laughs> so I think that you've worked with Lindsay Sterling before. Yes, I have. And yeah. there's a Star Wars medley that she has done with Peter Hollins. And I thought, well, let's... I've worked with Peter too. Let's so. get that one on there. So this is the two of them. And it's just titled Star Wars Medley. You're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1.
Well, that ending seemed to go on and on and on. That was the Star Wars medley by Peter Hollins and Lindsay Sterling. This is the Apex Hour, and I am joined in the studio with Daryl Leaves. Welcome back. It's good to be here. We are going to talk about a a project that you are so passionate and have been working so long about, and that is your TV show. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so um, basically every year I put on a conference called Vincent. We already talked about that. Right. And I had uh, a really close friend and someone that we partnered in on a lot of projects uh, basically reach out to me and say, hey, do I, is my ticket still good? I'm like, yeah, you're, you're welcome anytime. And anyway, um, he sent me another note, says, I can't come, too busy, whatever. And then I get this random phone call the day of the show. And he's like, I'm coming to LA, coming to Vidsum, is my ticket still good? I was like, yeah, because I'm, I'm on the plane. And he flew down and um, wanted to just to show me a video. <laughs> like, like he flew all the way down from Utah to LA just to show me a video. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like trying to put on a conference. Can you email it to me? Yeah. Like, come on. That's what normal people do is just send me a text message or whatever. And he was just so obsessed that he wanted me to see it. And so, uh, and what's really interesting, and it goes back to the last music um, we actually found a, a place and then I got some YouTubers, Peter Hollins being one of them. Mm-hmm. And we went into a conference room and watched this uh, show um, that he was going to show us on this little small Chromebook. And um, and it was a, a basically a short film that this creator made about the birth of Jesus Christ. And it was like for his church's Christmas Eve services. Mm-hmm. And um, I started to watch it. And I was like pulled right into the content and I've, I've seen a lot of content out there. And uh, what I really love is content that shows humanity and, you know, shows character and so on. And um, I knew it was low budget and they didn't spend a lot of money on it, but I was like into the content. I thought, Oh, this is really fresh. I never seen it this way. Hmm. And basically it was showing the nativity through the eyes of the shepherd and the shepherd's journey of what was happening. And so it was a really, really beautiful thing. And then there was a moment, um, you know, that just really hit me to the core. And I related to 
uh, very extremely. And, and I'm like, Oh, Hey, this is really, really good. And that's when I got a knock on the door, Daryl, you know, we got this emergency, come take care of it. And so I'm leaving and he's like, you can't leave yet. You didn't even watch the whole thing. I says, I know where this is going. I want to be a part of it. Even if I have to hold the light, I'll, I'll do that. And so the next week he introduced me to this creator that created this piece of content and he shared with me the vision that he wanted to do is create a TV show about the life of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, I'm all in. And once I heard the vision, I got like my little igniter like ignited and I got passionate about it. And it was like, okay, we can do this. And, um, and, and that's where we actually started the business. Uh, we became partners that day and we had zero money in the bank, zero social following, but we had a really, really good idea. Yeah. And we had a very talented person that, um, hit a time and uh, place in his life. He made 17 movies, but he, he, he came to a place where he was ready to create and you could just see it all over his face and huh. you could see it in his accountants and so on. And so we decided, Hey, let's do this. And I told him the best way that we can do this is, um, you know, if we do crowdfunding and that's what Jeffrey Harmon, who was the, the guy that came down says, Hey, let's crowdfund this thing. And he's like, ah, crowdfunding, come on. I thought you were going like, <laughs> to get this stuff taken care of. We're only going to get $800. But uh, we started with a vision and, and we started to develop an audience. And that's where I came in. And I felt like, hey, everything that I was doing on YouTube and on Facebook and online was leading to this moment of really developing an audience. And so we first off uh, started to identify who this content would resonate with. And we created a, you know, persona, um, profile of who that person would be. And then, uh, really defined what they do, what they don't do and so on and so forth. And then we broke down and, and created a plan. And that plan that we, that we kind of, uh, slipped away from the world and kind of locked ourselves in a room for, you know, a couple of days has been the plan to bring us to where we're at today. And not only did we um, target and execute on hitting the audience would actually care about the project, we broke the all-time crowdfunding record in film and television, blew the water out of that record that was held by Mystery Science Theater 3000, who has a very cult following, right? And Veronica Mars, who has a cult following too. Yes. And we 2X'd that. And we got uh, over uh, $11 million dollars that we were able to create a TV show of season one. And that's where it all started. And um, it was great uh, producing it, um, developing the audience at the same time. We, we uh, did something where um, instead of doing behind the scenes after the fact, when the TV show comes out, we did it before. Yeah. And we're like, hey, be on the journey with us. This is what we want to do. And it was like really a, a gathering place where we were able to grow very quickly on Facebook, very quickly on the other social platforms, and uh, eventually, you know, YouTube, when we started uh, being really aggressive on that as well. Wow. And that's where it all started. And and what I love about it was this was just an idea, right? Yeah. And And it was just some guys that just felt, hey, this is really cool. Let's do it. But it was more about how do we do it and how do we execute on it and how do we make it better? And then my business partner, uh, who's the writer, director, this creator, Dallas Jenkins, like when he created that content, it was just so good. It mm-hmm. was just like, he actually had a budget. It wasn't that much. I mean, he had a million dollars per episode, but it was like, I know that a lot of listeners are like, wait, whoa, you had a million dollars <laughs> per episode? But in TV, you know, let's give right. me context. It's right. like way, way low budget. Right. Um, like way low budget, especially for like a first century. Cause that's where it can get really expensive with all the costuming and stuff like that. Right. And, um, he was able, when I, when I read the scripts, I'm like, only if we can get this, what I see in my head and what I'm reading here, you know, visually mm-hmm. and it, it two X what I thought we could do. Wow. And it was just so much better. It was just beautifully done. And it was everyone that was really masters at their craft coming together and contributing their part of this 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 project. And so we got everything produced and no one would watch it. Like I even had family members that didn't even watch the show. I'm like, do you know how much time and energy and money I put into this? Wouldn't you just do me a favor and watch it for right. a few minutes, you know? Yeah. And they didn't even watch it. It was just like, it was ridiculous. And so for us, it was more about, okay, why? You know, how are we going to do it? Because the whole thing about it, the way that we want to do is as we sell um, access and as we sell DVDs, that would lead to the money going back into production so we can do it. We can pay it forward or roll it forward right. or whatever. And it just wasn't happening. Huh. And uh, we got literally stuck. And it was like, okay, this is never going to be unless we figure out a different way. Now, for us, 
luckily we have uh, some very uh, tenacious people, <laughs> um, and and we just we won't give up. We just look at it in a in a different way. We didn't use this as a failure. It's just the wrong way and a long, wrong approach of going after it. Yeah. And then that's when we decided to do something pretty disruptive, which was giving it away for free. Yeah. And that's where everything started to come together. And um, we found once that happened, it set in motion that we were able to raise money for season two, uh, which we increased the budget on that. And now we're almost completely uh, – we've got done season two now, and it's been out uh, since July. And now we're funding season three, and we're almost funded just that's because amazing. of we're, we made it free. So it still remains free. Yes. And where can people find it? So you just go your pull out your phone and go to the app store and type in the chosen. Okay. And you just download the chosen. Uh, it's on iOS and Android. We're in every country, 70 languages, except for North Korea, uh, North Korea. Okay. Yeah. We don't know. We'll, we'll get there one day. <laughs> Maybe. <yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, but outside of that, um, that's where you can go. Now so we it's also, an app. yeah, it's an app. And we wanted to own that experience because it's more about owning your audience instead of having it on somebody else's platform. Brilliant. But they can also watch it on YouTube. They can yeah. watch it on Amazon. They can watch it on Peacock. They can watch it on BYU television. They can watch it on Fox nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we worked it out. So we want to get this in, into, uh, as many places as we can to lead them back to the app. And then we have some pretty big announcements coming out in the next coming months of how the app's going to evolve a little bit. So, so you're going on season th- or you're funding season three right now. Yes. And is there, I mean, do you have this idea you want to go six seasons, five seasons for as long as it goes? What's the plan? You no, know, the, the plan's to do it seven seasons. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's all planned out, all mapped out. And, you know, it's, it's just more, here's where we want to be. And then once the seven seasons are done, we'll, we'll rest for a little while and, and then probably work on the, the book of Acts because wow. like Paul's adventures are always interesting. Yeah. Sure. Wow. So. Well, one of the, I, I have that, the crowd, most number one, most crowdfunded film TV project. That stat is amazing. Yeah. There's something else about the production that I found really interesting. And that is where you filmed. Can you talk a little bit about why that was so special? Yeah. Well, there was a couple places, uh, for the first, um, episode or the first season the first four episodes we shot in a place called uh weatherford texas uh try to get it here in utah just didn't work out and so we we were just in weatherford texas and we shot all of season one there a total of eight episodes Mm -hmm. and uh, but we did it in two different groups Mm -hmm. and the whole goal was um hey let's get this going and then we can start building sets and so on and so forth and so luckily we found a place that actually had um, a first century village that was called Capernaum and this took place in Capernaum. So, Hey, this works out pretty wow. good. So it was all there and, and the lady was really nice and we rented it from her and it worked out really well. Uh, but for season two, um, you know, there's a set here in Utah that is the most amazing set, um, in the world when it comes to first century, there's not a set like it in the world. Trust me, we've searched, we've, we've gone through the research. There's not. And uh, we went there, and it's they recreated Jerusalem in the middle of the desert of Utah, and it's it's beautiful. Um, in fact, I was there last night. We we're shooting some stuff for a Christmas special, but um, it's it's a it's a beautiful location, and we we were able uh, to lease it from the Church of Jesus Christ and and uh, make a project, you know, and it was just so perfect because it gave it depth yeah. that we couldn't get anywhere else. And I mean, we're talking the the studio itself it just gave gave more life to the content and made it bigger than than what it really is. Wow, well thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um so you must have set up incredible goals to make this happen and I know one of the things you talked about today was goal setting. Yeah. And I was really um sort of transfixed by your SMART goal system, SMART being an acronym, um specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time-based. I was curious particularly about the attainable and relevant aspects of that. I wondered if you could go into a bit more detail on that. Yeah. Um, so the attainable portion, I think a lot of people do a lot of pie in the sky. Um, and, and I believe that's a dream. Um, and I don't want to ever poo poo anyone's goals. Of course, right? right. But, um, it's like attainable by when, you know, I want to do this or this and it's like, okay, but I want it next year. And I'm like, that's not realistic. It's just not attainable in that time where you're at in your life. There's a lot of people that would say, I want to be the president of the United States. 
you got to be 35 and you can't do that tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the earliest you can do it by law, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just more, is it is it relevant in that regard? And then two, um, is it attainable? Because I think there's certain things that we look at that are completely out of our control. And when they're out of your control, it's not attainable. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you might have to make goals to get it more into control that it can be attainable. I know so, we talked about Elon Musk earlier, but like this is this is critical. But he's creating technology. He and the, the people he's surrounding himself are creating technology to make you know life on Mars attainable. So I don't think that's a ridiculous goal, you know. But if you were to talk, you know, years and years ago, ah, it's never going to happen or whatever. But he, you know what? We need we need solar power. Guess right. what? He had Solar City. We need. Batteries that control mechanisms and stuff like that and really work in harnessing the power of battery. That's what he started Tesla of having those inner parts that are there. And then we need to be able to land a rocket, which they never did before. Right. And that's what SpaceX is doing. And so, you know, I think it's just taking these small steps of where, where your biggest dreams, once they're written, written down, they can become attainable, but it needs to be able to say, okay, we need to be to hear it this direction. Um, so that we can attain the bigger the bigger aspects. Of it. I see. So the attainability it has a l- lot to do with the practicality component of the timeline. Because right. one thing that I, I'm again thinking about teaching and with students is, you know, um, do you ever um, is is any dream or goal um, not attainable from a like, well, I don't know, maybe that's not where your wheelhouse is, or that's not where your strengths are. Do you do you believe that for people or anything is possible? I, no matter I, what? I believe if you have passion and love and are willing to grind, you can do anything you want. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't I, I will never get in the way of somebody like that. Cause that, that determination Got is it. what transforms society. That's what transforms the world. Yeah. And, um, that passion, um, just leads to it. And, and then if I've met and been around by, um, geniuses in their space and, you know, they're very focused in on achieving something that they are so passionate by. Right. And, um, and, and it, some of it evolves and some of it doesn't, it's just, they're really focused in on that. And so I think, um, from a student's perspective, I would never say you can't do anything. Of course. Because yeah. who am I to judge them? Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know their, their makeup. I don't know their internal, right. uh, you know, metrics and stuff like that. But I do believe it's, um, sometimes we create goals that is a bigger step than we can take. Yeah. And it's better to take the small steps. So it's like line upon line, precept upon precept. I truly believe in that. Yeah. Because it just helps you get a little bit closer to where you want to be. And, and that's what I think every student and uh, entrepreneur or business owner or individual can, can really enjoy is that they just take small steps to improve, uh, to get you closer to that big goal, whatever that big goal may be. Great. Well, thank you for that. I have one more question before our break, and that is regarding what mindset means to you. I know that was something that you talked about quite a bit. And so how do you define the word mindset today? I, I think, um, it's a state of being um, for me. I, I think that that's how I define mindset as a state of being. Um, you can have a, a positive mindset or a negative mindset. It's just, it's a state of being, right? Mm-hmm. For me, mindset, um, when I think of mindset, it, it's a little bit more intense than a state of being. It's, it's, it's where you need to be internally to do everything externally. Oh, I and, love that. And I, and I think that, is um is where I think a lot of of people um fall out of line mm-hmm. of following their passions because they just they slip out of of mentally being ready for that next thing and I, I whether you you believe in the law of attraction or or anything like that I I think it comes back down to what we think about and what we obsess on is what we become. And yeah. so that's either in a positive way or in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at it as a positive thing. So, so the things that we're really obsessed with and that mindset can lead us to do anything that we want to do. I love it. Thank you for that. I have one more song and we're, we're, we're departing from the Star Wars It's okay. Theme. I'll, I'll uh, let you do it this once. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This one, uh, I, you know, last weekend I was fortunate enough to perform at the Ojai Music Festival in California. And, um, being a part of that festival, I got to see some of the other concerts. And there's a great pianist that I got to see live named Timo Andres. And I was just, uh, entranced by his playing. Uh, he has a touch that is like no other. And, um, 
um, he has a great album that's called I Still Play. And I'm going to play you a sample from that. And that is Evening Song Number 2, which is by Philip Glass. You're listening to KSUU Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is the Apex Hour. I'm Lynn Vartan. The song you just heard is called Evening Song Number 2. The composer is Philip Glass, and the artist is the awesome pianist Timo Andres. Check him out. Great sound. Welcome back, Daryl Eves. Hello, hello. I have one last question. That's we have it? 
Only just one question. One, okay. Just one. Right. And it's a question that I ask all my guests. And it's just a playful one about what's turning you on this week. It could Besides be, my wife or what's the... <laughs> well, it's definitely your wife. I think that that's awesome. There and that go. could be your answer. Or you could choose something else too as an additional thing. Um, it could be anything. It could be a book, a TV show. It could be your favorite food. It could be a place, you, whatever you want. So Daryl Eves, what is turning okay, you on so this week? I'll, I'll give you a couple answers because mm-hmm. like, of course, my wife, that's number of one. Course. Will always be and will always be. Woohoo. Um, like I think I think for the audience that's listening right now, I think what I'm the most interested in, I think maybe not turning on is the correct um, terminology for me. But <laughs> that's fine. the thing that I, I think where the industry's going is short form content, you know. Mm. So uh more vertical video. So like TikTok, I've I've literally predicted this for like three years. It's like uh it just barely surpassed YouTube in watch time. Wow. And I'm very interested to see the creators that come out of that. Like, yeah. What are they going to do with that platform? I think they're getting very creative. It reminds me a lot of Vine. And I, I love yeah, Vine. Yeah, right. Um, but it's Vine with you know a minute or three minutes now. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very fascinated with that. And the algorithm is probably the most intense social media algorithm that's out there. It's just really, really good at identifying what you want to see. Yeah. You know? And and they pull it in. So I, I think I'm pretty obsessed with that. Just very curious by nature. And yeah. so I don't know. I've been spending a lot of time on that. Too much time, I guess. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's part research, part fun, part learning. There's never, it's never fun. It's just more research. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Gotcha. All right. Well, on that note, Daryl, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It's been great to learn from you. And congratulations on being our outstanding alumnus for 2021. Thank you. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu apex. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.